Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number 78. So today I'm going to be outing myself with my three worst cooking habits. But before we get to that, so I just thought I'd share the best bite I've had this week. So on the weekend, my Irishman was like, I really want kebabs. (laughs) And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we ended up making um, kofta, like I used a mixture of beef and lamb mince um, and formed it into like little, those little kofta, like sausage kind of shaped meatballs and he cooked them on the barbecue and we had with hummus and uh, a cabbage salad and it was just like so delicious, so fresh and some um, pickled onions. It was just like really kebabby and really good. So (laughs) that was really, really great. Anyway, plan for today is, first I thought I'd share the story behind this episode and then I'm going to out myself with my three worst cooking habits. And then we'll share, of course, the story of how I overcame them. And I've also got a bonus tip for you looking at the unexpected benefits of cooking as well, the unexpected health benefits of new research that's come out. Story behind this is basically um, some, I can't remember, I was looking for something on Stone Soup, like on my blog, and I found this article from 2014 where I'd shared what my three worst cooking habits were. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. And I was like, oh, how fascinating to like read that and then see where I'm at now with those habits. And I thought, oh, that'd be actually be really fun to do a podcast episode on. So here we are doing the episode. So yeah, what were my three worst habits? So First one was picking when I was cooking. So this is something I have always struggled with for as long as I'd been cooking. And yeah, so just that that thing of like grazing, snacking, grabbing little bits. And then like, of course, the thing is that like you sit down to eat and you're really not that hungry anymore. Sometimes you're even like starved before you even start to eat a meal. And it just like, it just doesn't feel good. And yeah, like just from a hygiene perspective and just all those things, like it just wasn't great. Um so that was my first ha- habit. I'll share how I overcame them later. <laughs> worst habit. Um, my second worst habit was dull knives. So like I had good knives, but I wouldn't get them sharpened on a regular basis. So that was just not always seemed too much of a hurry to sharpen them before I cooked. And then of course you'd be struggling to cut things. So that was really annoying. Um, and then my third worst habit was not washing like salad leaves and herbs. So just, again, this like being in a hurry and just thinking I could skip that bit and then ending up with like, you know, slugs occasionally and, um, you know, or just like the worst is like grittiness. So you in eating, like using the herbs in a sauce and then the sauce has got like little bits of sand and <laughs> not so great. So you're probably not want, going to want to come over to my place for, for dinner. We well, definitely didn't want to come over to my place in 2014. But anyway, so they were my three worst habits. So how did I overcome them? So with the picking one, that was that's something that I actually only really solved recently in the last like three or four years. And that was like when I like learned to coach myself and I did a lot of work on understanding the self-talk that's going on in my head and also the like the key thing with me solving that problem was that habit was I started having a snack in the afternoon. So when I, which means I have seeds and yogurt in the afternoon, like when the boys have afternoon tea. And that means that when I walk into the kitchen, I'm not ravenous. So that like cut out a heap of my random picking at things. Um, That made like the biggest difference. So if you do struggle with that, I think like having an intentional snack 
sometime in the afternoon can really make a big difference there. So you're not over hungry. The other thing was just setting that intention of actually, and learning to coach myself and learning to pay attention to my self-talk when I was in the kitchen. So if I did start picking, like just actually reminding myself, no, it's actually going to be better when I wait for dinner and reminding myself I'm going to enjoy this more when I sit down to eat. And also, yeah, that it does make a difference. Like, cause you can kind of feel, oh, just this little bit won't matter, but it does like all those little bites add up. And then you, of course, like you're not as hungry for your meal. And so you don't enjoy your meal as much. So really getting clear on why I didn't want to do it. And then just coaching myself in the moment was a huge thing. And another thing that I helped that helped me just bring a bit more intentionality into that habit. And I'd still do this occasionally, but not very often is it like I got in for a while, I had the habit of um, when I walked into the kitchen to cook dinner, I'd actually put a plate out on the bench so that when I had the urge to pick it, whatever, on like, you know, raw sausage skins or whatever, it's like some really gross stuff. I would actually just put it on the plate instead. And then I would take that plate and sit down to my meal. And I could see, like I'd had that visual of all this food that I would have eaten if I hadn't been picking. And it just having that awareness of it really helped to, to change that habit as well. So there was a few different things and it took a little bit of time and it did take a little bit of intentionality, but it was worth doing that because now it feels so good when I sit down and I'm hungry for my meal. It's so, so much better. That was habit number one. The dull knives habit, I just made it just, just, like I think a lot of this habit stuff, it's just deciding when and where you're going to do the habit. And so I just made a conscious choice that when I started cooking dinner on Sunday nights, I was going to sharpen my knives before I um, started cooking. And I already, my Irishman has this like really easy um, knife sharpening system. So it wasn't like it was a chore. It was just like me getting myself to do it. So by deciding that I was going to do it on Sunday night, now even like, so now like, you know, eight, nine years, eight years later, I still sharpen my knives on Sunday night. And, and often the thought will be, oh, I don't have time. But then I'll remind myself, well, if I don't do it now, it's not going to happen again till next Sunday. So then I'm going to go for a week with dull knives. And it does just that thought there is enough to get me to most nine times out of 10. Occasionally I do skip it or some, occasionally I do forget, but nine times out of 10, I will sharpen the knives and it only takes like a minute <laughs> and it just feels so much better. So that's that you get that reward from having that good feeling of having the sharp knives. So that was habit number two. And then habit number three, the gritty salad slash herbs. So that one, I... Um, I wouldn't say I've completely overcome it. <laughs> so most of the time, yes, I do wash, particularly bought salad and herbs. If it's not pre-washed salad, I do wash them. But when I'm picking stuff out of the garden, if it like if it's been raining recently, which it has been a lot lately, and the leaves feel really clean, then I don't wash them. But I'll just I will spin them dry or pat them dry with paper towel. That makes a difference. But occasionally I'll buy herbs and I'll be in that rush and I will skip the washing of the herbs. And I like, and it did like that happened to me probably a few months ago where I like made a um, amazing avocado sauce and the coriander had gritty bits in it and then it was in the sauce. And so I had that negative reinforcement. No, I need to wash them. Um, so that's a work in progress, that one still eight years later, but I'm so much better than I used to be at that. So it is safe to come to my place for, for dinner if any of my friends are listening to this. They're my habits and how I overcame it. And you can see that like each habit like will have its own reasons why you're doing it. So you just need to like take some time thinking about the habit that you want to break and then just 
coming up with ideas over how to go about changing that and looking at the the motivators and then just experimenting and trying like that until you find a rhythm that works like my Sunday night knife sharpening perfect love it you know but I could have been maybe it ended up being Monday night I don't know but that that's where I netted out with it but it it just takes a like a little bit of thought and a little bit of intentionality shining light on your habits to to shift them so it doesn't have to be this big heavy thing and actually the other key thing with habits is like focusing on what you do want. Like I, I want to be someone who has clean salad leaves. I don't want to be a dirty cook. So, you know, that that can be a really helpful aspect with the habit piece as well. And then in terms of my bonus tips, I actually read an, um, an article recently and I'll, I'll link to the article, but it was looking at like the the mental health benefits of cooking. So rather than like, because of course we all know that you, you know, if you cook, the more you cook for yourself, like generally it's, it's going to taste really good. You're saving money, you're saving yourself time, like sh- trips to the store, getting an opportunity to have better quality food. Like there's those benefits that were pretty obvious from that come from cooking, but there's actually a lot of research going on about the mental health benefits. And there's some really strong research coming out. So the people that cook for themselves, they are more likely to have better mood and better well-being. And that comes from, first of all, like increasing social connection. That's a big piece of part of it. The next part is like of course, you, when you're cooking for yourself, you're more likely to be making better food choices. So that helps with brain health. And also when you're cooking for yourself and you're making better food choices, that leads to more satisfaction. So that's one thing in working with people and coaching people to learn to listen to their bodies is that the more satisfied we feel, the less likely we are to overeat and to go for, back for more and more because we're having good quality food and we feel good. And I notice that, I really notice that with my clients, that the ones who eat proper meals and enjoy them, they're more likely to get get results faster than the people who are like grazing and not giving themselves that gift of a proper meal. But having those better food choices that comes from cooking is is really, really, like really powerful. Um, and then another unexpected benefit is like when you build routines and you have that habit of like having a proper dinner, that helps with your circadian rhythms and that also improves our mood as well, which I was kind of really surprised to learn. Um, and even like in people with like bipolar like and clinical depression, building routine and building those habits makes a big difference to mood as well. Like there's research around that. And then the final piece is it's a creative activity and there's a lot of research showing that the more like creative pursuits that we have, like it gives our brain a rest and it just it helps us improve our mood and feel better and like be in the moment and have all those kind of positive benefits. So there's a lot of reasons why I'm so like so passionate about cooking, but also like, you know, there's some unexpected benefits there for you. So if you're like, you know, not cooking as much as you'd like, just thinking about how it's actually going to improve your mood and your well-being, like it can be another another incentive to um, to actually get into cooking a bit more. So that's it for today. So if you want to go from like being someone who isn't cooking as much as you like or someone who is cooking, but you like you're only doing it because you have to and you kind of resent it, can also like that it doesn't always turn out that great to like if you want to go from that kind of stuck place to actually like having fun in the kitchen and getting compliments for your cooking and really enjoying it, just know that it is possible for you to change and 
all you need to learn is just two essential skills. So seasoning and muscle memory meals. And I would love to be your teacher. So I invite you to join me in Joyful Cooking in 90 Days. So it's my group coaching program where I help you feel excited about making dinner. So you actually want to do it. Um, so for more details about the next enrollment, click on the link in the show notes or go to Stone Soup. And this, um, I'm actually opening up enrollment in September. And this is going to be the last time that I'm running the Joyful Cooking in this live 90-day format. So if you've been thinking about joining, now is the time. Okay. Have a beautiful week and I will catch you next week. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast. And I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called Six Ingredients, 20 Minutes, Simple Whole Foods for Joyful Weeknight Dinners. It's full of easy recipes, so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.